November 24th. And now, as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative today will come from the book of 1 Peter, chapter 2, verse 11, through chapter 3, verse 7. We'll read about growing. Just as a baby has an appetite for the mother's milk, so the child of God has an appetite for the Father's Word. If you lose that appetite and stop growing, check to see if any of the sins listed are infecting your life. We'll read about sacrificing. Each believer is a priest before God and can bring sacrifices to the Lord through Jesus Christ. As we worship the Lord, we proclaim His virtues to a lost world. That is what God called Israel to do, and they failed. Are we also failing? We'll also read about submitting. Peter's counsel is that Christians be good citizens and employees so that God will be glorified. The example for us is to follow Jesus Christ who submitted even to the point of death. And in the third chapter of 1 Peter, we'll see Peter compared believers to sheep, and sheep are gentle animals. He then called for Christians to practice gentleness in several areas of life. The one we'll read about today is in the home. Christian wives with unsaved husbands should seek to win them to the Lord with true spiritual beauty and not with artificial glamour or nagging. Husbands should live as though their wives were priceless porcelain vases and treat them with gentle love. And now let's begin our reading today in the New Testament. November 24th. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 11 through chapter 3 verse 7. Dear brothers and sisters, you are foreigners and aliens here. So I, Peter, warn you to keep away from evil desires because they fight against your very souls. Be careful how you live among your unbelieving neighbors. Even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will believe and give honor to God when He comes to judge the world. For the Lord's sake, accept all authority, the king as head of state, and the officials he has appointed. For the king has sent them to punish all who do wrong and to honor those who do right. It is God's will that your good lives should silence those who make foolish accusations against you. You are not slaves. You are free but your freedom is not an excuse to do evil. You are free to live as God's slaves. Show respect for everyone. Love your Christian brothers and sisters. Fear God. Show respect for the King. You who are slaves must accept the authority of your masters. Do whatever they tell you, not only if they are kind and reasonable, but even if they are harsh. For God is pleased with you when, for the sake of your conscience, you patiently endure unfair treatment. Of course, you get no credit for being patient if you are beaten for doing wrong. But if you suffer for doing right and are patient beneath the blows, God is pleased with you. This suffering is all part of what God has called you to. Christ, who suffered for you, is your example. Follow in His steps. He never sinned, and he never deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted. When he suffered, he did not threaten to get even. 
He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. He personally carried away our sins in his own body on the cross, so we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. You have been healed by his wounds. Once you were wandering like lost sheep, but now you have turned to your shepherd, the guardian of your souls. In the same way, you wives must accept the authority of your husbands, even those who refuse to accept the good news. Your godly lives will speak to them better than any words. They will be won over by watching your pure godly behavior. Don't be concerned about the outward beauty that depends on fancy hairstyles, expensive jewelry, or beautiful clothes. You should be known for the beauty that comes from within, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. That is why the holy women of old made themselves beautiful. They trusted God and accepted the authority of their husbands. For instance, Sarah obeyed her husband, Abraham, when she called him her master. You are her daughters when you do what is right without fear of what your husbands might do. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat her with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. If you don't treat her as you should, your prayers will not be heard. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Verse 18, he is head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent, top, nothing above him, nothing else to gain, nothing else to get. The goal, the end, what it's all about is Jesus. Look at me. I'm going to try to combat something as best as I can here. Look at me. Following Jesus is not going to make you wealthy. Following Jesus does not guarantee that you're going to be healthy. The message of Scripture and the Gospel of Christ is not that in following Him everything goes right, but that He is enough no matter what happens. That's the message of the Gospel. Not that everything's going to be okay. And it's maddening to me that the prosperity gospel is so unbelievably popular among people who then have to completely disregard scripture as well as Christian history. Every apostle in the Bible dies bad. I mean bad. They don't like stumble in the street and get run over by a car. They get beheaded. They get crucified upside down. They get boiled in oil. They die poor and they're slaughtered. Spurgeon, the prince of preachers, struggles with depression his whole life and then dies. Christianity has been built and has carried through the generations on the blood of men, not on the wealth. 
This is an absurd idea that would make Christ not preeminent, but what he could give you. That is not Christianity. That is something entirely different. And it's heresy that would have got you burned alive 200 years ago. It's a ridiculous notion. Jesus is enough. He's enough. He's enough. We pursue healing. Maybe we get it. Maybe we don't. He's enough if we don't. This is the message that Jesus is sufficient. Like, it's all, okay, in Acts, the apostles, they get arrested. And this court says, if you don't quit this preaching stuff, if you don't quit talking about Jesus, we're going to beat you to death. And the response was simple. Do what you think is right. As for us, we cannot help but speaking about what we have seen and heard. And they beat the mess out of them and released them. And they did what? Rejoiced. I mean, they got beat nearly to death. This was the fruit of the gospel in their lives. Beatings. And they left rejoicing. They left. They're going, oh, you can see my spine. No, like literally it's exposed. Awesome. All right. So it seems like Jesus can transcend the most horrific of circumstances. This is not about what Jesus gets you. It's just about Jesus, preeminent, top of the chain, nothing else to want, nothing else to pursue. He is enough. Psalm 119, verses 49 through 64. The Word of God will bring comfort to your life, if you will let it. The writer suffered affliction and persecution because of his faith, but the Word gave him comfort and hope, as we shall see as we read here. When the days are difficult and the nights are long, remember God's promises in God's name, and He will comfort you. If you're true to God's Word, You'll have friends who are worth having. Solomon taught this same lesson in Proverbs chapter 2. If you walk with the wicked, well, you can expect that uh, that will reflect in your life, and it will bind you. But if you walk with God's people, they will help you to enjoy life and liberty. People who love the Word will be glad to see you, and will turn to you and help you. Psalm 119 Verses 49 through 64. Remember your, the Lord's promise to me, for it is my only hope. Your promise revives me. It comforts me in all my troubles. The proud hold me in utter contempt, but I do not turn away from your law. I meditate on your age-old laws. O Lord, they comfort me. I am furious with the wicked those who reject your law. Your principles have been the music of my life throughout the years of my pilgrimage. I reflect at night on who you are, O Lord, and I obey your law because of this. This is my happy way of life, obeying your commandments. Lord, you are mine. I promise to obey your words. With all my heart, I want your blessings. 
Be merciful, just as you promised. I pondered the direction of my life, and I turned to follow your statutes. I will hurry, without lingering to obey your commands. Evil people try to drag me into sin, but I am firmly anchored to your law. At midnight, I rise to thank you for your just laws. Anyone who fears you is my friend. Anyone who fears you is my friend. Anyone who obeys your commandments. O Lord, the earth is full of your unfailing love. Teach me your principles. Proverbs, chapter 28, verses 12 and 13. When the godly succeed, everyone is glad. When the wicked take charge, people go into hiding. People who cover over their sins will not prosper. But if they confess and forsake them, they will receive mercy.